Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No. This is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle because it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda because she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Parenting with a Punch show. I'm your host, Amanda Hool. I have a very special guest here today by the name of Lene St. John. Dr. Lene is known as the Mama Sutra, a board-certified sexologist with the American College of Sexologists and a professor of human sexuality at City College of San Francisco. She's been named one of the top 100 sex blogging superheroes by kinkley.com every year since 2013. Dr. Lene has also been quoted in Forbes.com, Huffington Post, Livestrong.com, Pop Sugar, and Women's Health Magazine, and she's been a guest on multiple, multiple podcasts, including Sex Out Loud, Sex Nerd Sandra, and Sexology. In addition, she is a writer and blogger with an upcoming parenting book that has a human sexuality focus. Lene lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her partner and two daughters. So exciting mm-hmm. to have Lene here. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here today, Amanda. Thank you. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited to have you on and, and talk all about sex because it's a very... Uh, important topic. And I think a lot of couples, especially with uh, younger children, and even as their children tend to get a little bit older, it, uh, you know, that the sex seems to sort of uh, 
go missing. Yeah, (laughs) it um, it can for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I just, I hear it a lot from a lot of the families that I work with. So, you know, I know how important, you know, it is in a relationship, uh, you know, not being a sex specialist, but so I'm really excited to just kind of have that, um, you know, open communication and discussing it. So right on. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, like some tips or, you know, to have like a, a healthy, um, you know, sex relationship, like what do you think is the sort of line? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I recognized right away in my studies to learn about sexuality is that, um, and I, I named them the five building blocks to a healthy sexuality. And these are things that don't really have anything to do specifically with where penises, you know, go with vaginas and, and all that jazz. It's really just the key components to building a healthy sexuality. And this is like in healthy relationships, um, you know, dating, love, sex, all of this stuff is really tied together, right? And so um, the five building blocks are communication, consent, respect, pleasure, and fantasy. And I use these five building blocks to talk to my kids. I, I use them in my relationship with my partner. Um, it, they're really just, I think those are the, the core, really, um, being able to communicate what you need, your needs, wants, and desires, um, acknowledging the emotions that come up because obviously they do. And, and lots of times we, we numb, numb those things away, mm-hmm. but you know, being able to talk about emotions is really important too. Like when you get jealous, when you get angry, you know, sad or whatever. Right. Right. Um, consent. I mean, that, that piece is super important, especially when, when kids are little, but it, it moves into our adult relationships as well with like being able to, you know, hold your boundaries or, or know what your boundaries are. And I'm not talking just even just sexual boundaries, like, um, the types, the types of things that you might argue about, right? Like some people might have, um, like if you and your partner are talking about something and you get really upset, like it might be okay to say, look on a scale of one to 10 for me, this topic is like a seven or an eight. And I, I really need a break right now to just like calm down because <laughs> I'm really yeah. fired up, you know, yeah. but that, you know, also goes back to the communication and it ties mm-hmm. into the respect piece. Right. Right. But yeah. So moving into respect, like having a healthy respect, respect for the relationship and for yourself and for others and, and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, pleasure, um, to round out the, the five building blocks, pleasure is, is more than sexual pleasure. People get really hung up on pleasure thinking about, oh my God, how would I ever talk to my kids about pleasure? Well, <laughs> it's easy because even just a hug can be pleasure, right? right. Or self-care can be pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what feels good to you and all of that. So it's, it's super important, right? Yes. Um, and the last one is fantasy. Um, I, before we started recording, I mean, I was talking about a fantasy that I have with you. Yes. <laughs> I think we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, fantasy is super important as well. And being able to communicate those with a partner and not feel judged um, or not to be judged either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to act out fantasies. That's certainly not, um, I mean, some, you, some are not practical to act out, right? You, but right. <laughs> talking about them sort of takes away, it diffuses the, the fire behind it, right? Like somebody might feel really guilty about wanting to uh, 
you know, get painted green like the Hulk and then, <laughs> you know, so who knows, who knows what the case right, be, you never right? Know. <laughs> right. You don't know. So being able to, um, talk about fantasy and, and at the very least, this is like the bottom line for me about fantasy. If we're not going to talk to our kids about sex or sexuality or relationships, love, all of this stuff, that's part and parcel to sexuality. We at least have to acknowledge to our kids that what everything else that's out there in the world that's depicting quote unquote sex is a fantasy. It's someone else's fantasy. It's not necessarily real. Right. Mm. And so that's in my mind, that's super important. That's at like the bare minimum of what we have to make sure kids know. Cause you know, if they're seeing porn, most often it's just fantasy. Yes, this, this is true. And I think we have such a, um, negative connotation when it comes to like porn as well. Yeah. A lot of time. Yeah. And I'm certainly not anti-porn. Um, right. I mean, I certainly think that there's, there is some good stuff out there, but Mm -hmm. there's also problematic stuff. Um, especially the stuff that relates to, you know, not necessarily being consensual. Um, right. (laughs) You know, how, how do you know if it's not coming from a, uh, a major movie studio who has, you know, all these different studios actually have, laws that they have to abide by, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, the, no. the bootleg stuff isn't, it doesn't have to. So right. you know, pays to pay for porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> now, you know, for, for couples that, that are sort of, um, you know, I don't want to use the word struggling, but that sort of just, you know, they've had children or, or not. And that, you know, that their sex lives aren't really the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like, at least from what I hear, a lot of it, you know, it comes right back to the communication. And I know we talked a mm-hmm. little bit about that, you know, prior mm-hmm. to the show, but I mean, mm-hmm. what would be your suggestion when it comes to the communication piece or even just kind of like owning, like you also said, and, you know, in the respect and sort of just like being or being open to having those, those discussions, right? Mm-hmm. Well, certainly being open to having the discussion in the first place is like, is square one, right? If one person doesn't want to hear it, that's like, it's stonewalling, right? If you, if you cannot, if there's something you cannot address in your relationship, like how do you ever resolve it? Right. So, you know, that's, that's problematic. Um, I would say, oh, and, and anybody who wants to study more about, um, conflict and relationship, the Gottman Institute does a really great job of this four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? There's this idea that there are communication style, negative communication styles that are really problematic in a relationship. And the four are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And if any of those things happen, like it's, it's, it's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Like it's a sign that your relationship is going to end. However, I agree. there is like for each one of those things, there's an antidote and it's like super simple. And what those antidotes are, are their communication skills, right? Like, right. Right. <laughs> instead of stonewalling, you just say, I need to take a break for a few minutes and come back to this in a little bit. Like, like I said before, like I'm at a, I'm at a seven or an eight right now. And I, I can't, I can't even process. I need a, I need to take a few minutes break. Right. So, but in that sense, it's also being respectful, right? Like you're you're not just stonewalling and walking away, but you're saying, I need to take a break. Right. Um, but then come back to it. Right. So that's one example of one of the antidotes Mm -hmm. anyway. So, um, for me in everything that I've learned about sexuality, about sex, relationships, dating, all of it, it 
all boils down to communication mm-hmm. in so many ways. And, and I, I kind of, I'm jokingly saying this at the beginning of the class semester, when I teach my students, I say, you know, if you can't talk about sex, you probably shouldn't be having it. Mm-hmm. And that's that statement gets a lot of reaction, right? Like that's oh, yes. a triggering <laughs> statement for people. Like, what do you mean? How dare she think that, you know, but it's, it's honest. And, and I had one of the students at the very end of the semester, just a few weeks ago, you know, we were processing the class, like talking, it was like day before the final, you know, let's, let's, what did you learn? What did you take away? That kind of thing. And she brought that sentence up again. And she said, you know, I've really been thinking about what you said at the beginning of the semester. And she's like, and I so resisted it. I so resisted the idea that, you know, what? No, I I can have sex even though I can't talk about it, you know? (laughs) And she said, but I think back to when I was 17, the first time I had sex, I didn't know anything, you know? And she's like, and I probably did some things like, you know, that I really didn't want to, but I just felt obligated to do. And, you know, that doesn't feel great. And, you know, knowing that I can choose different things now, she's like, that feels great. You know? So yeah. (laughs) Talk about eye opening, huh? I mean, yeah. 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 It's, I think, and especially for, you know, for parents of, of older kids to be able to kind of have that open communication because we yep. know that it's not really taught at all. And sex yeah. is kind of like this whole taboo, which I will never yeah. completely understand, but. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of history there. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's not, you know, and so much of it is not us. It's not our stuff, but we have taken it on from the other people around us, right? Our parents. I know I've, I carried a lot of my mom and my dad's, you know, guilt or shame or embarrassment around the topic or fear, you know, that's another one. Um, And it's not, you know, it's not mine. And I had to really do a lot of work to separate that out. That it's, you know, a lot of the messages we get are directly coming from someone else's reaction to their own experience. You know, so, yeah, it, it really is so true because the more, yeah. the more inner work that, that I've done as well is, you know, really comprehending that, you know, when you have a reaction to something that somebody says, it's really not mm-hmm. about them. It's about you. It's something, mm-hmm. you know, triggered that. And to be yep. able to know and realize though, you know, the things that, make you uncomfortable the things that you need to work on for yourself because you know it's never it's it's never about them it's about or sorry when somebody's taught like or even if someone says something hurtful it's about them not you yep 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 yeah it's really hard to separate that out when you're when you're in that tense moment or you're triggered yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you know my partner and I struggle with this stuff from time to time as well like he'll get triggered about something and it'll trigger me it'll just be this like all the adults have left the room, right? Like (laughs) kind of arguing for the sake of argument or whatever, but yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to bring up, um, oral sex because I hear, um, too often, um, that, (laughs) uh, and it's typically, of course, you know, the woman that they, they, one, they don't want to um, give blowjobs, whether or not they stopped doing it or if they weren't doing it, 
um, in the beginning. I, I'm, I'm not yeah. really sure. And of course, I think maybe there's some men out there that don't, um, you know, they, maybe they don't need it or want it as much as some other men. Uh, that has mm-hmm. yet to be my experience, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, think everybody likes to be pleasured in, in a way where it feels like they're being worshiped. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I think that, you know, and I know that there's so many different ways of probably approaching the, the conversation, but something mm-hmm. that we talked about was the whole communication piece, right. As far yeah. as, you know, knowing whether or not it is something that your partner wants or doesn't want and like right. depriving them of that. So like, what are your thoughts on, right. on that? <laughs> Well, yeah, so uh, hopefully I can catch all the all the items that we talked about right before the call started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. Um, you know, it is important to to talk about sex and talk about the different behaviors and and actions and activities that you can do together. And if and I can speak from my own experience, right? Like mm-hmm. initially when my partner and I got together, um, yeah, that was an activity that we both liked quite right. a bit. Um, yep. you know, we've been together for a few years now and, and <laughs> the frequency has died off, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just admitting my own, uh, <laughs> experience yeah, no, here, yep. yeah, putting the vulnerable bit out, <laughs> yep. but, um, you know, and, and, um, the nice thing is though, like we talk about this and neither one of us are feeling, um, a deficit, right? Like that, that's, that's really key. Like if my partner were to say, you know, I, I kind of miss when you used to give me a blowjob or, you know, go down on me or whatever, you know, being able to say that. And then me without feeling judged for not performing this act, you know, recently or whatever Mm -hmm. to be able to say, Oh, okay. You know, here's why I haven't been, or this is, you know, this is what's been going on for me. And here's the other little vulnerable bit that we were talking about. before. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I have this, I have this thing that as I've processed my own sexuality and as I've processed my relationships, you know, the idea or the notion of my partner being with someone else used to like make me angry, used to make me um, jealous or, you know, whatever, insert whatever emotion. Yeah. There, right. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older and as I realized, you know, the deep connection that we have, um, I'm less scared of him leaving Mm -hmm. and more interested in like his pleasure. So if he were to tell me that he's really, and we've talked about this too. If he tells me that he's really missing out on blowjobs and I don't feel like it's something I want to do, then we have to, we have a couple decision points, right? We have, you know, is it something that he wants to act on? And I'm definitely, no, I don't want to do it, which, you know, that's one thing, Mm -hmm. or I could do it. Right. Right. Um, or we could outsource it. (laughs) And what I was talking about before the call, um, I have this sort of fantasy that, you know, you know, we used to go to sex parties together. Mm -hmm. Um, if he, indicated that this was something that he wanted and I was okay with whether it was picking the person or, you know, whatever this, whatever the constraints would be, right. Something that we would negotiate and agree on. Mm -hmm. Like it would kind of be a fantasy to have him receive that from someone else 
while I watch, and it'd be even better if somebody fed me, like while I I watch, right? (laughs) So, you know, I, there, he's getting his need met. I'm getting a need met. Um, You know, it it fulfills maybe a fantasy for one or both of us. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe there's some, there's some pleasure and enjoyment out of it. Well, yeah. Um, and you're both happy and you've yeah. had that healthy, you know, yeah. conversation about it. Well, and I have to say like, even before when we were talking before the call, yep. I, you probably noticed me dancing around the topic. Like I, I was having an, a, such a hard time to even like start <laughs> mentioning this fantasy to you because, yeah. you know, for me, it's, I have in my lifetime experienced judgment about a fantasy or two. Right. And so it's super vulnerable to say it, but now I've gotten to a point where I'm comfortable with my partner, with my sexuality, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to talk to, to you and the, you know, thousands of people that listen. Yes. Well, well, thank right? you for sharing that. I, I think, <laughs> I think it's really important because I know that there's going to be plenty of people that, that are list that are going to listen to this and it's going to resonate in, in one, you know, shape or form. And and that's really the whole purpose of being able to be, you know, have this open communication. Yeah. Well, and I would add, I would add to the end of that, that if, if we were to act out this fantasy, yep. the other part that would be super important would be to talk about it again afterwards, right? right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and more talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because there's going to be, stuff's going to come up. Yes. Right? I'm sure. Yep. Fear. Um, mm-hmm. Fear that the person's going to hook up with that person without you knowing about it. Or right. fear that, you know, they're going to get something out of that that they're not getting from you. Or, you know, who knows what, could come up. Right. But it's going to be important to process it when it does. Right. And it's going to be important to process it, you know, six months down the road when maybe it comes up again, you know, and for the partner who, you know, was the receiver or, you know, the opposite partner, I guess, in whatever the processing would be, (laughs) um, you know, to be able to, to listen with compassion, um, and caring because this person did something that was very vulnerable for them. Right. Um, you know, and, and the person who, who got the blowjob, for example, might also have feelings that came up and it would be really important to sit down and be able to process those and talk about it. Like, how did that, you know, it made me realize that I was really missing this thing or it made me realize that I wanted the connection with you, Mm -hmm. right? Like so much could come up. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And I think, you know, I think what can get scary for a lot of people, um, you know, I'm just kind of assuming here because I'm, um, you know, I'm pretty open when it comes to my my own sexuality. It's not something that I've ever sort of struggled with, thank thank the Mm -hmm. Lord. But Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that obviously, you know, we're all human. Mm-hmm. Or that it couldn't happen in the future, right? Right. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Cool. We talked about that. Um, yep. But the fact of you know not ha- like not feeling comfortable to be able to have that conversation and asking yeah. their partner like, is this something that you miss? And you know, I think I just, I, I guess, I just wonder, um, 
you know, how damaging that can be, you know, for, for a relationship. But I mean, I, you know, and not to, not just to done, to not even have that mm-hmm. conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Or in it kind of just, you know, like I said, like you just stop doing it or maybe it just, I mean, fades I, away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if, if they got together, you know, if the relationship started off on that, you know, mm-hmm. on that note where that the oral sex wasn't really something that, you know, they cared about, then mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't a big deal for them. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, the only reason why I mentioned that is just because, you know, working so closely with, um, families in the home. And again, I don't talk about sex because it's, it's, I mean, I'll mention it, but it's not something that I obviously have a conversation about because it's not my specialty. Um, but it's just, you know, you just see so much and, and, you know, and I, I, I'm very in tune when, um, a couple is not sort of, um, vibing with each other. I'm very sensitive to that. Yeah. Well, and it's also important. I mean, People change. People, you know, something they used to like might have become a chore. Um, You know, you mentioned working with parents as well, Um, especially once kids come into play. Um, So many times the bulk of the work falls on mom. Yes. And, or I should say, even on just one partner, because sometimes it's not mom. Yeah. But typically when it does happen, you know, the, mom or, or the primary, um, caregiver really gets sort of saddled with all of the work related to kids and family and home. And they, they sort of get put into a role of serving or doing all the time. Yep. And so what I find ends up being really important is for the person who is doing the serving or doing all of the, all of the time to be able to figure out a way to get what they want. It becomes important to be able to ask for things that they want, like what they want, not what they think the other person wants. Right. Right. So to be able to, to move into a space of taking, um, to move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That becomes really important. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think that's definitely something, um, that is necessary to sort of point out, you know, yeah. for the, the parents that have just had um, little ones. Yeah. And, you well, know. and, and the taking is like, you know, will you do this for me kind of thing also, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like asking for what you want. And right. yeah, we hear that all the time, right? How important it is to ask for what you want. But right. it really, I mean, it is truly something that, um, uh, <laughs> is relevant. Right. And the other thing too, like sometimes just being able to say no to things like most people I find, um, who've, you know, had their boundaries crossed, whether their boundaries are being crossed because they're being asked to do things all the time and they don't, you know, they're just serving, right. (laughs) They're doing them even though they don't really want to. Right. Um, but being able to find things that they can say no to, and to be able to exercise that no, right. if they're able to use that no, like as often as they can, mm-hmm. they find that they can get to a yes, right? Eventually they figure out which things they want to say yes to. Right. Yeah. You know, blowjobs might be one of them. <laughs> you never know, right? 
You never right. know. Yeah. <laughs> you never know until you ask or at least have that, that right. communication. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. do you have, is there any specific suggestions that you would give, um, for our viewers listening in that, um, if it's something that, you know, either the mom or dad is sort of struggling with as far as, you know, their sex life being a little bit non-existent or as often how they could go about sort of having that uncomfortable conversation, which I'm going to guess is probably nine times out of 10 going to be uncomfortable because it's, they've gotten to where they're at now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think um, one of the tools that I learned from one of my teachers that I, that I, employ all the time (laughs) is is noticing right to be able to say I notice that we're not having sex anymore or as often anymore Mm -hmm. and then you're basically just you're stating a fact right Right. there's no judgment Mm -hmm. there's no um there's no harm right um I mean it could I mean, the tough thing is if you if you're with a partner who, um, you know, takes everything personally or takes mm-hmm. that personally, right. um, you know, figuring out a way to say, you know, I I I don't want you to take this personally, but I just I'm noticing this thing, right? And you know that being able to point out the things that you notice and to see, you know, where you can start from there because maybe the other person says yeah, you know, I noticed that too. And I really miss it. Or, you know, who, who knows where the, where the conversation could go after that. But for me, I always feel like, um, like noticing is the first, um, this is the first step. Right. right. As soon as it comes to your awareness and you can talk about it. Um, my daughter has this, um, uh, learned this thing in camp last year and it just popped into my head. Um, Oh goodness. I'll have to, I'll send it to you separately. Okay. Um, it's like this AAMR acknowledge something, make it right. And then recommit. And I'm missing the, uh, the second a, okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, acknowledge what's, uh, what's going on, whatever that other a is, and then okay. make it right. Like figure out a way that you can make it right. And then recommit to the relationship or whatever. Right. Gotcha this little tool my kid picked up at camp. (laughs) No, I love that. I mean that, and I think the recommit part is, is really, you know, a big one, obviously, because you know, it's your relationship. And if you want to, you know, stay married in a happy, healthy relationship, then it's something that, but at sort of like the top, right. It has to be a priority in your marriage. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Very cool. Oh, I, I, I love talking about this topic and I know that we could talk all day. <laughs> so can you please let um, our viewers know, um, I mean, they'll be able to see it in the show notes, but your website is at mamasutra.com. It's themamasutra.net. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's sitting on the .com, but yeah, it's themamasutra.net. It's T-H-E-M-A-M-A-S-U-T-R-A like kamasutra.net. Awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure speaking with you today. I really yeah, likewise sharing your, your knowledge and expertise with our <laughs> audience. 
I'll send you the link for that, that picture that she has from this camp. Oh, awesome. Yes. That would be fabulous. And again, <laughs> I commend you on sharing that vulnerable piece of, um, information in your family. <laughs> I know many of our viewers will, will enjoy hearing that as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully if it helps, I mean, if it helps somebody, right? Absolutely. Um, that all, all it takes is one, one yep. person, <laughs> one person. And then, or at least that's, that's kind of my, my take. If I can, if I can help one person, then it's, you know, yeah. I've, I've done my job. <laughs> right on. Right on. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into Parenting with a Punch show, parentingwithapunch.com to learn more about my upcoming Costa Rica couples retreat, especially now that we're on the conversation of sex. Come relax for six nights, recharge, meet some other couples, have fun. You can find all of the information on my website. Thank you again for tuning in. And remember, keep asking for more. You deserve it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle because it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda because she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.